Welcome to the Real Self University podcast. I'm Eva Shea, your host and director of practice development at Real Self. As some states begin to reopen and consumer behavior shifts again, we'll look closely at factors which contributed to a practice either thriving upon reopening, just surviving, or really struggling, and question what did each do differently while they were closed. Today's guest is practice management consulting veteran John Hoffenberg, and he talks with us from his unique vantage point, working with practices across the world, both large and small, about the downstream impact of decisions made during the early part of the pandemic. Today on the Real Self University podcast, my guest is John Hoffenberg, who's the CEO and founder of Yellow Telescope. Welcome, John. Good day. How are you doing? Great. I want to start by asking you about your company, Yellow Telescope, and get a little bit about how it works and who your best customers are. Tell us about the company that you founded. Absolutely. Well, uh, we started in 2008. Fundamentally, we're a consulting company and uh, all, all systems are go despite Corona. We're having every intention of proceeding. So uh, then uh, the last things that we essentially offer is our longer term consulting services, which consist of sort of staffing and filling positions, particularly patient care coordinators, practice administrators, and then in a longer term consulting process of really improving booking ratios, hiring, training, managing, retaining the top coordinators, administrators in America, and helping the practice grow holistically through kind of a longer term engagement to, to help the practice grow. And what kind of practices or doctors really do well with Yellow Telescope and the services that are included there? Yeah, so great question. And you asked before, kind of who is our ideal customer? Uh, almost every one of our practices are plastic surgeons, facial plastic surgeons, some dermatologists, ENT groups, things like that, but largely in the aesthetic space that are having a significant elective component. In terms of size, they're generally individual practices with one or two doctors on up to small groups of four to eight to 12. We have a few large, large groups as well, but largely your independently owned practices. And generally, if the practice is doing around a half a million dollars in revenue or more, they can generally afford us. Although probably a lot of the practices that hire us are in that one to three million range. And then we have many others that are doing between five and $25 million or more. So almost any practice that, that isn't booking 60 to 95% of their patients the very same day with an absolutely world-class, unbelievable patient care coordinator or practice manager can probably benefit from what we do. But that's, I would say, is more of our sweet spot of, of customers that reach out and, and get benefit. From a consulting perspective, we're helping to run, you know, hundreds of practices nationwide. So in the time we're in right now as Corona, we kind of dig our way out of Corona and get back to some some reasonable state of normalcy. It's exciting to be able to have our finger on the pulse and know what's actually happening versus just what any particular news station is saying about either the world ending on one extreme or there being no problems at all on the other, other extreme. I know that you don't typically add services for your clients unless you're going to do it right. And I've known you for a long time and I've seen that many times. So you've added uh, SEO oversight. I think that was your first spinoff. Correct. And ice cream social media. Can you tell us a little bit more about both of those? Yeah, and they're, they're pretty quick to, to explain. So we'll do the second part first. Uh, ice cream social media, it's spelled like a shouting ice cream cone. I as an iPad, scream like a shouting ice cream cone. And really it was founded because we couldn't find any other really, really great, superb social media teams who understood aesthetics yet also understood the tech side. So we were the only people we, we knew that could do it. There was no place like this place near this place. This must be the place. It really seemed like 
know, blue ocean, so to speak. And we kind of opened that business about four years ago, which was very, very early in kind of the social media as a way to make money game. So we're kind of old uh, if, if four years is old. And in short, ice cream social media does whatever you want. Uh, we have all capabilities, a full-time team of individuals, highly trained. So something as simple as providing some coaching and consulting and how to do social media yourself through creating full organic social media calendars months in advance to flying into your office and doing photography and videography, pretty much A to Z, soup to nuts, paid social media. We do it for TikTok, which is hot right now, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube marketing, anything under the social media realm. And that, that's basically what Ice Cream Social Media does. And that area is really growing right now, even though there's been obviously a slowdown for most folks right now in some of the things we offer with the coronavirus. Social media, we're selling contracts sort of left and right. And it's really grown because the doctors have time and realize this is where people are shopping. SE Oversight is the second company that was opened about eight years ago. And that's super quick to explain. If eHarmony or the millionaire matchmaker connects single people with dates, our company connects doctors' practices with high-quality, vetted, reasonably priced web vendors, and we do it for free. It's a completely complimentary service. Our attitude is anyone who's ever heard of it should use it because you basically talk to us, tell us what you need in your budgets. We connect you to a web team that won't take advantage of you, overcharge, get you blacklisted, do all the different things and all the horror stories that so many doctors have experienced. And we connect you with some great teams to choose from and we do it for free. And then we have some other little minor consulting add-ons, things like that you could pay for, but they range from free to 300 bucks to a little bit more than that, depending on what someone needs. So we really love that company because it's a, it's a happy maker. We get to tell doctors there's no charge. Very unusual in this world. Okay. So if someone is listening today and they would like to learn more about Yellow Telescope or any of your other services, how should they reach out and contact you? Sure. Well, very simply, info at yellowtelescope.com. Uh, even if you're trying to contact one of the other businesses can get you attached to us. Our number is 305-455-0720, but info at yellowtelescope.com. And if you have a good memory as you drive in the car or listen on your jog, uh, it's guardian at seoversight.com and get the scoop at icecreamsocialmedia.com because we're nerds. Good branding. <laughs> I also know that you're extremely responsive. So I, I can vouch for the fact that if you email any one of those addresses, someone will get back to you very quickly. Well, thank you. No, I, I appreciate that. And we are, we're hyper responsive to a fault if necessary. And, and you touched on that. We try to only do things that we do well. And I guess over 12 years, we've opened three companies. So it's not that quickly. But when people ask, how did you get into these three things? I just tell them, you know, I'm not really an expert personally in social media. I'm not sure I'm the greatest consultant ever. And I'm not sure I'm the greatest at web marketing, but we do think that we're operations gurus who know how to identify talent well. And that's what we do in all of these businesses is help each area of your business have guru level operations management and have really, really great talent doing the things they do best. Excellent. Thank you, John. Okay. Let's go back to you for a minute. You've been at your current job. It's your company. It's your baby. You've been doing this for, did you say 13 years? Yeah, since 2008, um, Ed Searing, our executive vice president, and I have kind of been the partners in the firm since, since the start. So take us back before the start and tell us what you were doing that led you to this place. Absolutely. I don't know how far back you want to go. So I was born in Chicago, Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe uh, not that far back. 
<laughs> no, so I went to school in Philly. Um, I'd been in sales kind of my whole career and I ended up running gyms and spas. And when I left uh, the gyms and spa company, I was working with one of my buddies who was the head of operations had asked me to do some consulting for a facial plastic surgeon in Miami. And that's kind of how I got into the industry, even though it's an, an industry that maybe doesn't have a lot of guys in it relative to, to women. And I ended up just loving some of the consulting work I did. And I asked the, the boss for a job as a patient coordinator. And so I kind of became, as Ed eventually did, as I hired him after me, because we've worked together for 20 years through three companies, I became you know, kind of the unicorn you know, male patient coordinator in a plastics office and did well with it. And then you know, eventually became kind of the practice manager uh, and brought in the whole sales team. We managed a pretty large team, 35 people and a couple of doctors, and we were growing by a lot of money and doing well. And, and that kind of led us to this idea of, you know, can we replicate what we're doing in this local one practice in Miami and New York? Is this something that would work elsewhere? And so that's kind of kind of where, where it all began. And we, we opened up this company called Yellow Telescope and sold nobody anything for a whole year because it all say, you know, hey, Eva, who do you who do you work with? And I'd say, well, nobody, but trust me, I'm really good. You know, you should hire us. That wasn't a real good sales pitch, but we finally kind of got a couple of doctors to hire us and they did very well and grew by a million bucks and a million bucks and a million bucks. And then we started to get some speeches and talks at the meetings and gained a little traction and, and, and kind of took off from there. Yep. I remember when you sort of emerged, I think it was one of your customers in near Houston. I think it was Dr. Sukar's office was where I first ran across your work and they were so just over the moon excited about what you had done for them that we kind of had to pay attention and say, what are those guys doing? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, what's amazing is uh, he wasn't even really one of our first, that was actually two, three, four years in probably by then, but we were still kind of small and kind of scratching our way into success. And to this day, you know, here in 2020, the last person I emailed before I jumped on this was Dr. Sam Sukar, wonderful, long-term loyal client of ours. Uh, we continue to do his SE oversight and his web marketing. We continue to do his social media through Ice Cream Social Media, work with all of his patient coordinator team. And yeah, he's experienced a lot of growth, but he's also yeah. a really good guy and been a big advocate of ours among others. There's he's two a, little funny anecdotes about him. One is he's my hairdresser's plastic surgeon, which is ooh. completely random because <laughs> there's there's no way that I should know. I mean, she's in Austin, he's in Houston. That, he's got a good head of hair on him too, you yeah. know. The other thing is he still, I believe to this day, still does a paper newsletter. And so when I go get my hair done, I always see it in, in the salon and I think, this is brilliant. And I've been in internet marketer for almost 20 years and I am wowed by a piece of paper. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the, the ability to be nimble, I think is so important in marketing and, you know, th it's a very dynamic environment. I say that the older you get, the better you get at what you do and the worse you get at everything else, mm -hmm. you know, so I think I'm getting me to be a better and better and better consultant. But if you ask me to learn Mandarin Chinese today, you know, it's going to be very difficult because it's something new. And with our social media company, I'm learning TikTok now. I was recording content for it. I'm learning all these different things. It doesn't come as easy as it used to. My Doogie Housers and young employees, they're, they're amazing. But I also think there's sort of a return to the old in a lot of ways. I listen to a lot of vinyl and uh, just you know got my new Strokes album, which is pretty awesome, I think. I like to rock and roll a little bit. But when you talk about a paper newsletter, I think it's so applicable. You know, We're getting ready as Yellow Telescope to send out a mailing directly to doctors because it used to be that you got so much mail, but you were excited to check your AOL. You've got mail. Yeah. And now people have so much spam and junk mail that you actually want to go check the mailbox. And so we've actually encouraged a lot of our doctors to consider kind of that dual approach of 
market online and do all those things. But in some markets, we see radio working very well. In some markets, we see, like you, know, like you said, a printed material can actually be quite effective, not in all aspects and every single time, but in a lot of areas that can work too. No, I think it, we're oversimplifying a little bit here, obviously, in that what's really important about it is the message that's on the paper, just like the message that's in the social media or the TikTok or the whatever. So you're the first person I've heard recommend, I don't think you're maybe recommending yet, but it sounds like you're experimenting with TikTok. Tell me what you're learning so far. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm absolutely recommending it officially as of this podcast. I think actually most people are too late, just like all these social media platforms. You know, it's, I always am surprised when people are surprised that their feeds get buried, but they don't understand the model of any company. A company is there to make profit. And what happens with every new social media format is they they make it fun, they make it free, and they make it easy to get eyeballs on your content. Then once they have a billion followers, they change the algorithms to make it pay to play. They make it less easy to get visibility unless you're spending money. And that's exactly what they should do because they're a company. They started it to make a profit at some point. And so we saw this, of course, with Facebook, where Facebook was very easy to get lots of visitors. And there are still different things that work on Facebook, like Facebook groups, and certain people have large followings, and it's still worth utilizing. It's still the largest social media source in the world. But it's very, very hard if you post to it to get a lot of viewership. Then everything moved to Instagram. And the same thing happened, right? You know, Instagram was on fire, and the algorithms were friendly. And then if you got in early, well, now if you start Instagram from scratch, you can build what I call your own special local snowball. I mean, you can, you, you're in Austin, you, know, you can create a great little Austin following, get your 10 or 20 or 30 or even 50,000 plus people. But unless you know Oprah, you know, and, and unless you're going to get your own TV show, you're not going to have millions of people because those algorithms have shifted. So TikTok is that new thing, and they don't all work. Vine opened, and now they're out of business. Chat, Snapchat, did the same thing. Now they're kind of, well, their stocks were up 36% yesterday. They're, they're picking up again during coronavirus, but you know, it's kind of a dead technology. So TikTok's the new hot thing. And what's the complaint? It's the same thing, Eva, that you and I used to hear about Instagram and hear about Facebook, right? And you could probably fill in the blank. What's the big complaint? Why do we not want to be on TikTok, Eva? The audience is too young. That's the answer, right? They're too young, right? Ridiculous. So first of all, we have to remember <laughs> that all of our aesthetic services are getting younger and younger as well. When, I, when, when Instagram opened, who would have lip fillers? I mean, I don't know about you, but, but what would your thought process, you've got a daughter, what would you be comfortable with your daughter having lip fillers at in terms of age? Never. Never. So, <laughs> never. And there's a lot of parents never. like that, right? But yeah. it would be weird to you if she wanted them at like 16, right? Yeah, it would. You would say, I don't know about that, but that's because we're old fuddy-duddies, right? And things are shifting. Yet when we look online at you know, Instagram feeds and Snapchat feeds and TikTok feeds, what we really see is that the people getting these treatments are getting younger. We know the rich are getting rich, richer. We know the poor are getting poor. Not a good thing, just a reality. We know that people are giving their kids more money. There's a, there's a culture of getting these things done and kids are convincing. They get their parents to buy whatever they want. And I think for some people, it's actually good for self-esteem and they've got the right attitude and the right approach or they're doing it for various reasons. But end of story at the risk of being slightly long-winded, you know, the reality is the people who are having these procedures are younger. People having rhinoplasties have always been young. People who are having lip fillers are getting younger and younger. People doing preventative Botox oftentimes are in their 20s. People having breast augmentations and so forth. People getting facials and skincare and taking care of their skin with high quality medical grade skincare are getting younger. So A, we do have things to market to the young people. And then second is the same thing I would have said 10 years ago, even when it wasn't as young, which is it starts with young people. But guess who's on TikTok? At the real John Hoffenberg, I am. And Gary Vaynerchuk and a bunch of other 
famous celebrities and lots of adults. And so all kinds of people, thirties and forties are doing it. And this thing is getting downloaded faster than Facebook, faster than Instagram right now. I think they're over or near a billion people on TikTok, and it's a very, very friendly algorithm. So if you're creating really amazing, unique content and you're placing it there, we have doctors that we work with that are getting 50,000 views, you know, 5,000 views, bad, bad ones get two or 300 views, which that's hard to get on Instagram sometime with a decent video. So I think it's a time to get into it, but we're actually getting a little over it. So obviously our pitch would be, hey, come talk to the experts and we'll help you create the videos and do it. But even if you're just doing it on your own and you don't hire a professional firm, I'd be getting going on, on it if it's something you're willing to spend the time on, if you're passionate about it, if you're, if you're willing to do it. You know, If you're like getting ready to retire in a year and you don't like social media, don't waste your time. But certainly any of your younger doctors or even middle of their career doctors, this is a real free opportunity. And yes, in two years, they're going to change the algorithms. You're not going to be able to get anything from it. We'll go to like TikTok three or you know, purple telescope, social media, whatever the heck else comes out next. It seems like a good time to figure it out too. You know, if we have a few more weeks or a month or two months of time at home, but depending on where you are, I know Texas reopened yesterday, so I'm waiting for everyone to go back to work now, but that's not true everywhere. It is a great time. And we've been saying, if you haven't figured out Instagram yet, you should go do that now, but maybe you should <laughs> figure out TikTok too. Yeah. Again, if you've got the time and the passion, and even as we reopen, the economy is not going to be open even when it's open. People aren't going to be going to clubs and bars that much. You're not going to be going to the movie theater as much. So you may even have a little bit more of that nights and evenings and weekends to play around with fun stuff like this. And you know, they literally say one of the most viral things going on TikTok right now is a song called Bored in the House and I'm in the house bored. Bored, bored in the house and I'm in the house bored. Bored in the MFing house, in the house bored. I'm bored in the house, in the house bored. That, I've memorized it. That's the whole, I kind of believe more work to do, John? <laughs> uh, I'm an efficient human, but, uh, but yes, I, I, I'll take on a new client if you have one and okay. not, not watch as much, but so some of TikTok is just pretty girls and pretty boys, you know, showing off their bodies. There is that element of just voiceovers and things, you know, we did a, we did one or two phones, but you can do it authentically. You can just do beautiful rhinoplasty reveals and get views. You can be yourself and be a serious doctor and get views. If you want to be fun, you can do that, but you don't have to pander in order to get viewership on TikTok. The way people used to complain about people on Instagram, putting up body parts and gross stuff. They thought that was oh, the yeah. only way to get famous, but that's not really necessary. You can be yourself. We did one fun one, which is a voiceover with a bad word from a movie called Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, which won the Academy Award. It's a big sales movie with Alec Baldwin and, you know, copy is for closers only. We did some fun stuff with that, but that's authentic to us. But you I need still... the leads. I need the leads, John. Need we need the leads. <laughs> leads a week, you're a week. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So my last question about TikTok, maybe you can answer this one, maybe not. Have you actually looked regionally to see if it's picking up in certain markets faster than other markets or is it happening everywhere? That's a great question. And I was hoping to contact my friends at RealSelf with big data analytics ability to research that. No, we don't know market-wise where it's most popular. I would think like anything, you'll see more in say in New York or LA than you will in South Dakota. But my sense is young people are really on it and it's more about the youth know about it and middle-aged and older people don't know about it and they come online next. I, I sense that it's more that than specifically regional. Yeah, I'm outing myself here when I say I know about TikTok because of where it intersects with The Bachelor and the social media related to The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. So, Well, you know, I am an admitted Bachelor, Bachelorette fan. Oh, good. Um, I haven't seen that, anything in like five years. The the JoJo season was my favorite. I, I, I had a crush on JoJo, although I thought, thought her parents were crazy. So I don't know if that would have been a fit. 
But what I will say is I actually teach in sales training. I use the bachelor as an example of sales training, which is we always want to be the last stop a patient makes. A lot of people say, well, I, I want to get them in. So in case they go to another doctor, we can win them before they go to another doctor. But that doesn't work. They always end up going to the other doctor. Um, and when they make us the last stop, they're going to pick you over the other two doctors. And that's my theory of the final fantasy date, Eva. Mm-hmm. Um, when JoJo's going to go out with either Aaron Rodgers' brother or the other guy, you don't want to be the guy who goes first because she's in love with you today. But after three days with Aaron Rodgers' brother, she's going to be in love with Aaron Rodgers' brother. The last. And they date. don't even talk to each other. It's like, <laughs> it's like having a brother that isn't even useful. Okay. I'm excited about the caption for this this podcast, uh, which will certainly be in a wide ranging interview between John and Eva, who mostly just enjoy each other's company. Check out these amazing individual pearls that are peppered into their sort of sort of interesting and slightly humorous. You just uh, cannot Whitney predict what, what I'm going to pick up on any episode ever. <laughs> this um, is fun. Okay. So we covered TikTok. I wanted to touch on the patient coordinator thing for a second. Because I did recently speak to a coordinator, a really good one, who said she had a patient right before they closed who had two or three more consults after hers and came back and actually said that she was the difference and that had everyone not closed, she would have moved forward. And this is a bridge to the other topic I want to touch on with you, which is things that are going right and things that are going wrong in practices during quarantine. And and this was a really challenging example for me because she had hundreds of thousands of dollars of unclosed business in her pipeline that was about to close. Mm -hmm. And they overreacted and they furloughed her too early, along with a lot of other people in the practice. They left all that revenue sitting on the table and they really burned the bridge with her. Mm-hmm. And so she's not going to go back there. She's not going to return to bring that revenue back to the table. And all they had to do was wait even a few days or a week before they put her on furlough and none of that would have happened. Right. So I'm not sure where you want to start with that, but maybe people is a good place to start. Like, what are you seeing go right with practices and their people? And not so right. Well, I'm super excited to be kind of doing this podcast right now. And I kind of emailed you like when you said, hey, we can get this done this week. I'm like, this is great. I've got so much to say and I probably won't be able to say it all. But first of all, I think you have to put the pre-qualifiers in there, which is, you know, everyone's going through different things. Everyone has different circumstances. There are doctors who have millions saved. There are doctors who can't afford next week's payroll. And, you know, we're sensitive to that. There are nuances and each each practice needs to make, you know, appropriate decisions. And I don't, I certainly wouldn't be talking directly to this exact doctor with all the details, but what I can tell you kind of more in a broad sense is, you know, what's working, what's not, what are recommendations and so forth. And what I can tell you is that in our view, couple little data points. Uh, number one, we know that absolutely ridiculous, unprecedented layoff volume is happening right now. And it's not just what you see on the news, which probably gives you the exact numbers, but in our industry, I'm feeling it. I was looking at my LinkedIn profile and I treat LinkedIn marketing. And by the way, yes, you can actually link, do LinkedIn marketing and sell surgery through LinkedIn doctors. Another little tip from Hoffenberg to you, uh, I recommend you get on it. But LinkedIn is probably my most used social media resource personally. And my LinkedIn profile page has gone up from last week to this week by 8,600% in a single week in views. And that is not because of my pretty face or anything. I didn't offer any giveaways. 
but I became very popular because I am associated in the industry as someone who helps people get jobs because we fill coordinator jobs, we fill manager jobs and so forth. And as all these device reps and pharma reps and coordinators get laid off, they just flock to me. And so we're able, we're going to obviously play some of those. We actually have some doctors hiring and some people doing well through this, but not all of them will get jobs. And so, yeah, the, the layoffs are real. Across the country with my clients, what I can tell you as a second data point is we have exactly, other than one person that was let go because we, the doctor wanted to let them go for other reasons, it was just kind of coincided. On the surgical side, we retained 100% of our patient coordinators. I guess over 90% of them at full-time hours or a couple, they had to go down a little bit hour-wise or pay-wise to just get through it. So 100% nationally, and internationally that I'm familiar with, unless I'm missing maybe one person or something I didn't know about, have been retained. And so that shows you that it is possible in this market to retain your team. It's a little too late for some people who already made those decisions, although you may be able to get your people back quickly. And the big question is, how do I do that? Or why would I do that at this point? And what you're hitting on, Eva, is really, really it, which is what people are doing wrong in this environment is some of them overreacted, which you can't blame everyone for. This is an unprecedented ridiculous thing that we all went through. And if you didn't live in 08, you didn't go through other things, you know, I could see why some people did it. But once you kind of get back to the sort of get past the hysteria of it and, and see what, what we know, what we know from real self data that I was looking at that I think that you guys said the first poll showed over 90% of people and the second poll showed that over 90% of people are still interested in their plastic surgery they're planning to have before. Mm-hmm. So sure, a few people will need to cancel to lose their job. Yes, the economy will be a little worse it's not going to be the best finish to a year ever. But this idea that because we're, for, we're, we're quarantined, that people don't want their services, we have debunked that. It is factual that we're going to open. And all of our practices, I don't know if there's one. Again, maybe there's one or two or three that are less than this. But I think just about every practice we work with is surgically booked out for between three weeks and five months with surgery when they reopen. And non-surgically, I would say the average practice is booked out a week to two weeks with some are booked out a month, month and a half for non-surgicals. So you know, your fillers, your esthetician services, et cetera. So we know the business is there. We know your people want their job. And when you look at it, where I think the mistake is being made is we're cutting cost centers instead of profit centers. And just to finish the overall point, we have a tendency to worry more about the money in our hand than money we never saw. It's human nature. Mm-hmm. Meaning when people go on a game show and they have $100,000 that is technically going to be theirs, or they can go for 200 grand and answer one more question. When they don't answer that next question, right? They go, oh, shucks, you know, golly, you know, I took a chance, I lost. They lost a hundred grand. But if you had a hundred grand in their pocket and you said, you're going to write me a check after this for a hundred grand, they'd take the hundred grand because it would be palpable. And so what happens is the doctors feel the $5,000 salary in their pocket. They don't feel the $80,000 worth of revenue they're leaving in their database or the million dollars or the whatever. And so what we're encouraging doctors to recognize and realize is that with one full-time patient coordinator working from home, dialing 100 phone numbers a day if necessary, working through that database, letting people know you're open for virtual consultations and soon live consultations, the odds of you not booking the one Brazilian butt lift, the one tummy tuck, the one facelift, the one surgery to cover that person's pay for a month or two or three is infinitesimal and you need to get on it right away. And that puts aside the whole topic of PPP and if you can get that funded and it covers your payroll, which I think is a whole separate discussion. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening. I like to wax poetic. <laughs> I like to flow like a twig on the shoulders of a mighty stream. Um, <laughs> okay. What are some examples of things that are cost centers and things that are profit centers? 
Well, absolutely. I think the, the, the most basic example is your patient coordinator is always a profit center. Because let's take a typical patient coordinator. In small cities, this person might make between thirty dollars and $45,000 a year. In some of the top people in the country, that could be a $200,000, $300,000 individual. Most are probably somewhere in the middle of that. When you look at what you need to break even on that individual, it's so low. And during COVID times, you know, again, it's a case or two a month. And if they can't close a case or two a month, well, that's, again, a different ball of wax. Then you contact us or hire a staffing company or something and find a new coordinator. But it's just not that hard right now. A second example of a profit center would be your web marketing. Not only do you need to continue it because SEO isn't, you know, it's like electric or water. You just have to keep it running. You need your team continuing to build your rankings. You need to be continuing with your pay-per-click marketing. You need to continue with real self-marketing because the reality is you're only paying when they're clicking. Any of these companies are going to work with you if you have a bad month and you're not getting enough to justify the spend. You need to be driving those leads because you say, well, great, I saved $2,000 on pay-per-click this month. I, I saved $800 with real self. I saved $4,000 with my SEO firm. You're like, yeah, but you have no leads. You just shut down your whole business for a month. You only need one case to do it. So these are things where it's penny wise and pound foolish. So things that are more cost centers, you know, this is the time to negotiate with a landlord. I say anyone who has a hundred million or $200 million or a billion dollars, these are the people we want to negotiate with, but you should be paying your web vendors. We told our clients flat out, they should be paying us. We're a small business still. You don't want to burn bridges with teams that really do great work for you. And these marketing teams work their butt offs. They're affected by this as well. Um, And they're going to be your ticket out of this thing afterwards. So build and maintain great relationships. You should be having friendships with your top vendors, not taking this advice you hear all the time, which, you know, fight everyone, negotiate every last dollar, beat everyone up on price, pay fairly, you know, not saying it to get taken advantage of, you know, medical supplies are a cost center. If you can negotiate your medical supply costs, get that toilet paper for 10 cents less, do that. You know, JJF Constitutions, you can negotiate $5 less a box, save your five bucks. But profit centers are usually along the lines of your marketing, you know, investing in things that drive leads, key staff members, you know, your practice administrators, managers, your coordinators, things like that. I would add to your comments about web marketing that extra effort needs to be paid to messaging right now too. And I've seen so many websites, it's actually gotten a little better, but so many where they just say, we're closed, doom and gloom. Correct. Instead of, we're still here for you. We we can't open the office right now, but we're available from eight to eight or whatever it is so that they're enabling patient communication across all their channels. And and that's another mistake that I've seen that I've been hammering on, like, please don't do this. You know, even if you have to answer the phone yourself for a few weeks, that's better than the alternative. Yeah, I mean, isn't that true? I mean, it dovetails with everything you've said on the podcast so far. You know, we talk about that printed material. It doesn't much matter. I mean, A, you have to get an eyeball on it. That is part of it. But once the eyeball's there, what does it say? And it is amazing. I, I saw an email blast from another consultant, nice enough person, you know, nothing negative to say. But the message actually said, we can't trust the government. You need to negotiate and not trust anything. And you need to stop paying your bills and close and don't believe the hype from other consultants that you can be successful in this. It literally said this. Wow. I paraphrase. And we speak from data. You know, this isn't my opinion that this stuff works, not because I think I'm a smart guy or I'm fancy. We can, t- we can show you, again, 90% plus of our clients, you know, booked out a month or two of surgery. We can show the leads flowing. We have a client in Miami got 155 inquiries last week from their, their social media work, from their web work. Now that's not the average or the norm, but we have almost nobody that isn't booking three or four cases a week right now. We have very, very few 
I'd say less than half that are booking less than six, seven, eight surgeries. So it's very much about messaging. And the reason you pay professionals, and this is certainly a selfish statement, but you know, this is why you, you talk to your real self reps, why you talk with us, or you pay your social media team or your web team, people that aren't us, is because they know things better than you do about certain areas, just like you know so much better than we do about certain areas. And one of those things is just little word tracks and messaging, whether it's written word like you're talking about, the way I say things. So for example, we don't offer virtual consultations technically. That's not the message. This is what we explain. Great. So Eva, let me go ahead and walk you through the next step in our process, knowing that you are looking for August, assuming COVID and everything blows over. Um, we have a two-step consultation process, Eva. Both of those consultations will be directly with Dr. Smith. The first is our initial strategy and planning session, which is all done virtually. And I'll go through some of the details. That's where we basically get your initial recommendation and game plan, plan for your procedure and treatment, get all of your initial questions answered. We then go ahead and reserve your date with deposit. If you love doc, if you don't love doc, of course, you continue your search. And then the next appointment is basically your second consultation, which is performed in conjunction with our nursing team and the doctor during your preoperative appointment about three to four weeks prior. That's when you get to meet with him again live and so forth. And again, you'll even meet with him a third time the day of your procedure before you start everything. So let me go ahead and take a look at the schedule and see if we can get you squeezed in because I'm going to let you know, I, I'm not going to tell you August is full because quite honestly, it isn't. But A, we are always quite busy right before the school year starts. B, we've already unfortunately slash fortunately had to move back a month or two worth of patients. So it's going to be a kind of counterintuitively a surprisingly busy summer for our practice. And there's so much pent up demand because a lot of people assumed we were closed and we're expecting those phones to go nuts in about a week or two we open. So I would like to go ahead and get you on the schedule right away. Now, if your coordinator already knew how to do that and they can do that as well as our team can do that, I'd love to hear from you. and I'd love for you to become a partner in my company. But this is what we do, and this is an area of expertise that we have, and we're very confident in it because we know that it works, we develop it, we have the experience to do it. And so it's not just, like you said, the steps, or the steps are part of it, and it's not just the eyeballs, or the eyeballs are part of it, it's the messaging. And that goes back at very, very basic levels, just to the website, not saying, although we're closed, comma, we're open for virtual consults, because they don't read past, although we're closed, or you know, due to COVID, they don't read past that. But yeah, how you use that messaging in a sensitive manner but still one that says we're, we're not just open, but we're busy. And you may want to get in touch right away if you wish to have our services. So forget a discount. You'll be lucky to get a date. Building lots of confidence through every single touch point, which is, which is really key to helping people make decisions that favor the practice <laughs> and keep things moving. I know looking back, you know, a month or five or six weeks now, I made a conscious decision to keep everything that we were doing optimistic partly because I just couldn't believe it would last longer than a month or two. And I can look back now and say that that's paying dividends. So I'm glad that I chose to go that way and not fear or doom and gloom or I don't know if it's just who I am or I'm glad I did that anyway. Yeah, well, you may be even more of an optimist than me. I mean, <laughs> I've never been through quite quite anything like this. And, and I do think, again, this is going to go on at some level for years, uh, yeah. unless they just get a super amazing antiviral or you know, get the vaccine quicker. The economy will reopen, but you know, there's going to be some version of this sort of a little bit more stay indoors, a little bit more skittish about going out. So that, that's here to stay. But again, I've been through this stuff. You know, we're kind of talking offline. You know, I've lost a house in the hurricane. You know, when you walk around your city and the whole city is in three feet of water, mm -hmm. you'd assume much more than COVID that it's the end of the world. And a year later, everything's fine. You know, I've been through the 2008 crash. Again, I go around, I opened up a consulting company into it like a donkey. Um, <laughs> 
And, you know, you can get through that. I was literally broke and nearly bankrupt at 26, 27 after losing a house. And then I was probably wealthy than I'd ever been by 30. So yeah, I think I'm not so much optimistic as much as I've lived long enough, even though I'm not an old, old man, just to be like, you know, come on, you know, we're, we're going to get through this thing. And uh, those who who work proactively come out on top. And you know, one Definitely. of the doctors was saying, how can you ignore all the data and the facts? People are being laid off. This is going to be bad. I'm like, I'm not ignoring it. All that's true. What I'm saying is every time that happens, 10, 20, 30% of the doctors are going to go out of business anyway, and we're going to take their market share. The pie gets a little smaller. You know, it goes from a big circle to a smaller circle, but there's a lot less doctors to scoop it up. And so the very best, the best 50% of the doctors in America, in my view, listening to this podcast or just out there in the world, they're going to come out of this just crushing it. And I've talked to some of them. I, one guy goes, I've got 130 cases booked ahead of me. I believe it. I've talked to some of those guys too. And he's in California, one of the most hard hit areas. And he's like, bring it on. He's like, I am laughing at these guys who closed. Uh, you know, he's like, I don't wish them any ill will. I hope they all make it. But he's like, they just went at this the wrong way. So the people that really get that message and say, I'm going to go get my little slice of the pie. I don't need all of it, but I'm going to get my slice of the pie and be okay. You're going to be okay. There's enough to go around. Uh, another example is I have a doctor who's getting like 600 to 1,000 leads a month. They get way on the high end of our top doctors. So I said, oh man, it's going to be tough. When you come back, you're probably only going to get like 500, <laughs> 800 leads a month now. You know, instead of being booked out six months, we'll be booked out three months. Now there are other people genuinely struggling that maybe we're only getting a small handful or they're new. We've got a doctor that just opened a month ago, but that guy's booked out for all of June and he's getting two or three consults a week. He's eking through them, but we're booking them, you know, and even he's finding a way to say, okay, my, my little slice of the pie is safe. I, I'm not one of those big lead getters mm -hmm. yet, but I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Well, if anything, I'm leaving this conversation feeling more positive because I knew a few people that were doing well, but now I know there's a lot more. And I hope that's what the audience takes away from this too, is that, you know, how you communicate and how you run your business during a time like this sets you up to just be even more successful when it's over. And I always take the long view, no matter what. Absolutely. I, I'm very positive about the future. I'm, I'm excited. I, you know, I mean, everything from just, you know, trying to save some money to put back into the stock market as we get closer to the bottom. It's just, you know, you, you got to buy low, as they say. Yeah. It's a terrible thing that anything ever goes down, but it does. And similarly, you know, when times get tough, you've got to go kind of get your stock, so to speak, in your business. So, you know, here locally, we're, we're, we didn't make a lot of money last month. It wasn't our best month. We didn't like sign as many deals as we will next month, the month after. But within a month, our social media business is going gangbusters. We're getting a lot more increase in sales for that. Other things are a little slower. We'll have to wait and see. Other things are, you know, web websites starting to build this week. But we're investing. We're continuing with a website build for our yellowtelescope.com, which has been remiss now that our director of training, Abby, is back from maternity leave. I know you guys know each other well. So, mm -hmm. you know, we're investing in that new website right now. We've got time. We're building our TikTok feed just to kind of have fun with it and use it as a research tool and to be way ahead on data so we can help our clients better. We're just full steam ahead with absolutely everything. We're building the best seminar we possibly can. We're looking to hire. Uh, we're in negotiations to acquire a new company. Everything, we're just going. And not because we're imprudent, but because we planned for this for 12 years, put aside plenty of money, organized things so that whenever that recession hit, and bear in mind, there's a recession happening no matter what. Without COVID, oil wars are happening. We'd be in a recession almost definitely either way. We knew when this was going to come at some point, we'd be ready for it. And for those who didn't have that, that fortune or, or haven't been through this a couple of times, we'll be ready next time. But we can tell you right now, looking back at 2008, for those of us who've been through it is, it's fine. Be prudent. Don't overspend. Don't get crazy, but get back positive, get back to work, put in the sweat equity, you know, kiss, <laughs> handshake babies, you know, run for off every other analogy you can think of. You'll come into 2021 with some real momentum. It's like a rocket ship taking off. 
it's just a whole lot of gas being burned, a whole lot of smoke and fire. And the thing almost looks like it's going to fall back to earth. And then you just snap your fingers and you're in orbit. And it's kind of hard to know when that moment is, but it it all kind of adds up. That's a good analogy. Okay. So I know you know the question that I ask everybody on this podcast. Before I do, I want to make sure that we come back in the fall and talk about TikTok again and see where it's at. So promise me that we can do that. Sounds like a good plan. I, I should be, if you're looking for me, I'll be at home, at least for the, for, the, for the significant future. So hopefully by October, we can maybe even do it live. Yes. Okay, deal. And then tell us, what, what is your unique superpower? Um, well, I, I actually can fly. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm the only person I've ever met. Uh, I, I don't take the wings out often. Um, but I actually, <laughs> a lot of people come up with some business thing, but I literally am a superhero. I don't know if anyone knew it. They call me beard man right now because I haven't shaved in months. No, uh, in, in seriousness, my superpower is I do think that I am one of the most efficient human beings I've ever met. I really embrace technology and can differentiate between layers of technology that are meant to help, but in fact, just make things slower and layers of technology that actually make me much more efficient. So I'd say that my ability to run many companies simultaneously while being hyper-responsive uh, while not ever sacrificing quality as a superpower. And I consider surrounding myself with superb people to be a part of that efficiency talent. Indeed, I've seen that. And it is actually your superpower. Thank you for sharing all these great stories with us. I look forward to doing it again. Eva, you're awesome. We really appreciate it. Thanks to Real Self and to you for the opportunity to, to chat and get the word out. You bet. Stay safe, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Real Self University podcast. If you'd like to hear more from John Hoffenberg about Yellow Telescope, SEO Oversight, Ice Cream Social Media, or Reception Scope, check out the mini episode titled Yellow Telescope, or visit the new virtual exhibit hall at university.realself.com. The mission of Real Self is to create a world where every investment in modern beauty is worth it, and Real Self University is here to help aesthetic professionals do just that. The mission of our podcast is to uncover stories and data from our industry's most interesting and successful personalities. If you'd like more information about becoming Real Self Verified, go to realself.com slash network and enter referral code podcast to receive 50% off your first full month of Real Self Spotlights. I'm your host and producer, Eva Shea. Our post-production is by Daniel Cruiser. If you'd like to be a guest on the Real Self University podcast, have feedback or questions, email me at university at realself.com. Support us and help us keep this effort going by subscribing to our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All of our learning and practice development resources are available on demand at university.realself.com.